This podcast may contain references to violence, explicit material or sexual abuse and may be disturbing for some listeners. My call sign is Tango Kilo 123. Let's go. Police canine, get on the route! So release the dog! I let police dog ace go and he chases the bad guy. Hold him, bud! Hold him! Hold him! Hold him! Hold him! Hold him, bud! Boy! Good boy! Hold him! Stand on the ground, you're under arrest! He holds onto him pretty tightly. Good boy! Stand on the ground, you're under arrest! Good boy, bud! I'm First Class Constable Jay Nelfick from K9 Section. You're about to hear what happened the day Police Dog Ace and I came face to face with a man on the run. He was wanted for a heap of offences and he kept committing more crimes. He thought he could keep running. Spoiler alert. You can't outrun a police dog. Standoff is at an end. Police have just released dramatic reports. Man on the run. This is Persons of Interest, the WA Police Podcast. That's real audio of police dog Ace you heard off the top there. Don't be fooled. He looks beautiful, but you don't want to get on his bad side like that guy did. Those teeth are not made for licking lollipops. Hello, my name is Sandra DiGirolamo, and with me, Ace's partner, First Class Constable Jaden Elphick from the canine section of the West Australian Police. Hello. Hey, how are you today? Well, Jaden, we're going to hear some more of that extraordinary audio soon. And we shouldn't laugh, should we? Because it's serious. This guy had committed some serious crimes. But it's pretty good when you hear what Ace does. Yeah, he's a, he's a very good boy and he does his job very, very well. I, I can see how close you are because I can see that when you give a command, man, he listens. You say sit and he sits. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's very, very well trained and over the years we've developed a great bond with each other. He looks beautiful, but he also terrifies me. <laughs> he is a beautiful boy, but he knows how to turn it on when he needs to turn it on. What kind of a dog is Ace? He's Belgian Malinois. He's a bit of a stranger-looking uh, Malinois because he's got a thing called Tavern in him. Now, it's a back gene. His mum and dad are not Tavern, but for the listeners, if they look up Tavern, you'll be able to get a better idea. He's a Belgian Malinois with a, with a back gene of Tavern, which gives him the look of a German shepherd, but he's not. He's very hairy, but he's also very cute. <laughs> he is very cute. How big is he? Uh, he's, I'd say he's probably about medium-sized dog. He weighs about 28 kilos. And when he's wet, he's probably about 35 kilos because he's got so much hair on him. (laughs) I assume sometimes as a cop, you turn up to a situation, you don't quite know what you're about to face. And you turn up, you think there's going to be, you know, two people there and that quickly multiplies to 10 people and it all gets out of hand really quickly. Having someone like Ace there Mm. must calm that situation. It does. He's, He's reliable. He just sees in black and white. He doesn't sway because of emotion. And at the end of the day, he's always going to be there to back up. Rain, hail, Sean. So having a police dog there, having a canine handler there that is willing to put themselves in situations, they go into the darkness of the night, not knowing where you're going, not knowing what you're doing. All you know is you've got your best mate next to you and you're going into bushland looking for a serious um, offender that's committed a number of serious offences. So, What do you think the bad guy's thinking when you turn up with Ace? 
uh, should I give up? <laughs> a lot of the times they give up. Like a lot of the times they do give up, which is um, as rewarding as when you get an apprehension. It is a lot less paperwork. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's rewarding, very much rewarding when they give up because the only time we deploy police dogs in Western Australia is when the offender has committed some serious offences. It's all got to be reasonable at the end of the day. So say a adult goes into a store and steals a chocolate bar. That's stealing. That's five, five years or more. But I'm not going to deploy police dog ace for someone that's stolen a $2 Mars bar. I'm going to be deploying police dog ace if he's broken into a house and they've stolen thousands of dollars worth of jewellery and they've fled over a back fence and I use ACE's capability of tracking to locate them. So you, it's your job to make that call on the run. Yeah, you are correct. there You are there needing to decide whether this guy's stolen the $2 Mars bar or correct. the jewellery. Correct. So it's very controlled but chaotic when you rock up to a scene or when you're en route to a scene. So I had some good guidance from another dog handler that said, like, try and control the scene even before you're there. So that's getting on the radio, hey, guys, what do you have at scene? Can you confirm what offences have been committed? What's the suspect? Can we confirm clothing, age? Are they bold? Were they wearing a hat, etc., etc.? What's the role of the police canine unit? Like, what what does the canine unit do? So the role of the, the WA police canine unit is to go out and apprehend um, serious and dangerous offenders within the WA community. Catch the bad guys. Pretty much, yeah. In lame terms, that's that's what we do. And also with our drug detection, there's also is to go out there and and locate, detect drug related items and drugs within the community. I want to jump to what you mentioned off the top, you can't outrun Ace. Let's go to the day that you and Ace earned your stripes, so to speak. Um, how does this story start? Thinking of this story, it warms my heart because I was only out of my handler course. Handler course goes for 28 weeks uh, where me and Ace bond together over that time and complete a number of serious training serials to become operational. Early December is when I graduated. I got a phone call from a detective sergeant from Bustleton to Texas office in relation to a serious high harm offender that was outstanding within the Bustleton subdistrict. He was wanted for a number of serious offences and that they've attempted to, to apprehend him in the previous weeks and that, and that failed. He managed to get away each time, so they requested canine asset to attend. So they asked you to go to Bustleton, or when I say they asked you to go to Bustleton, did they tell you to go to Bustleton? How does that work? <laughs> no, they, they asked. And if you're listening outside of WA, Bustleton's about, what, two and a half, three hours yeah, down, yeah, down no, south, it is. It's nice down the coast. the coast. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful area. It's right near Margaret River, um, which I'm sure people are aware of. So yeah, the winery Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, is it normal for someone in your position to get a call and be asked to go away somewhere at short notice? Is that... Yeah, so generally it is at short notice notice, particularly for um, the dogs, to get a phone call hours before, half an hour before, to say, hey, we've got this job, uh, we'll request canine to come down if you can assist. Does that make your job harder? Like, Do you like that kind of spontaneity or does it make it really hard for the rest of your non-police life? I think once you sign up to join canine, it's just part of the job. I'll be honest with you, it can put a strain if you have kids or a partner, but at the end of the day, you sign up to help people in the community and if that's going down to Bustleton for a night to help locate an offender, then that's what it is. I'm assuming that you are driving down to Bustleton. Um, And how do you and Ace travel? Is he in the back? Yeah, so um, obviously 
with a police dog. We have to cart him around in a vehicle. So we've specifically made police vehicle where he has a cage in, in the rear of the Ford Ranger. It's air-conned, he's got water, he just chills out in there. And to be honest, you never really get any issues with the dogs in the back of the cars because they know it's their, I suppose, chill-out time. Nothing ever happens in the back of the car. They just sit in there, they chill out, and they can relax in there until the job's on. Okay, so you're going down to Bustleton because there's a guy down in Bustleton that police have been trying to, yeah, to get for a couple of weeks. And and I'm looking at the list of what this guy's done, and he's done some really awful stuff. I know you yeah. touched on it before, but, you know, there's been some high-speed chases. I know he's stolen a whole bunch of cars. That They have been looking for this guy for a little while. Correct. So they, they called Kane on uh, because each time this person committed an offence, he would run. And generally it was on foot. So even if he was in a police chase, if his car gave away or his tyres were stung, which is a tyre deflation system, he would run on foot and he managed to get away a number of times. So they requested K9 to go on there. Because you can't outrun Ace. <laughs> no, you can't. He's too quick. <laughs> You're listening to Persons of Interest, the WA Police podcast. If you want to be part of the action, visit letsjoinforces.wa.gov.au to find out more. What is the plan? Um, We'll get credible intel to suggest that he's at an address. Prior to attending that address, uh, we discussed the positions in which how we're going to spread around that property because when people run, they never jump the front fence. It's always the back fence. So with K9, always set up on the back fence. Two reasons. They always jump the back fence, if not the side fence, towards the rear road. And second of all, it gives me the ability to work ace in an environment where it's just me and him because if I have other people or other police officers around, that can ruin the odour. Or if I need to apprehend him, Police officers may run in front of him or members of the public may run in front of him. So it's a more sterile area. Otherwise, it might even be dangerous for your own... Correct. ...for your own team. Yeah, correct, yeah. All right, so you think you know where the bad guy is. You go to his address. Yeah, so... In terms of bus, it's a very green area. So for dro- for a dog job, which I say is something specific for canine, it's um, it's very very good because if he does jump fences and flee on foot, the ability to track him with nice green grass is a lot greater. So in this area, it's nice and green. It's near the ocean. The house is a bit older. We're of the belief that a number of people are living with inside that address. With the amount of resources that we had, we were quite comfortable that we could set up a cordon, like an inner cordon around the house, and then officers um, from Busterton Detectives roll through the front of the address. And when I say roll through, uh, because this person is wanted for 20 to 30 offences and serious offences, you're not knocking on the door. We're going through the door. And then we'll be able to cover everything off in terms of if he goes the side fence. If he goes the back fence, if he goes the front fence, this never happens. <laughs> so what the uh, the plan was, was for me to get in position at the rear of the address. And then once I'm in position, the um, police helicopter was idling. It was a fair distance away, so they couldn't hear it. We just coordinated it on the radio. Let's listen to the audio from that day. Yeah, we're in position at back. I've pulled in, I'm in position. Pole air to come in, lower their orbit so they can see exactly what's happening. More or less over the head, yep. those trees. Orders on. 
explain to me how many police there are around this house. Yeah, so going off my memory, I suspect there would have been about 12 to 13 police officers um, surrounded this house. Majority of them were through the front of the house, myself and two other officers at the rear, and um, with pole there above. So we're quite content that if he did run and break through the cordon, having the, the ability to have pole there above would no doubt result in him being apprehended. And he was dangerous as well. I know I can see from the list of offences that he had unlicensed firearm ammunition. Like, yeah, this correct. Is a, correct. A, a dangerous guy. I'm going to play the audio from that day. This vision comes from your body cam. Yeah, correct. Does it? Yep. What you're going to hear is Polair giving instructions and Jaden following those at the back of the house. The bloke at the shed. The yep. bloke running over the back fence. Yep. Roger. You start running. What are the other police saying? I can hear them shouting something, but I yeah, can't. Yeah, they're like, make get out. on the ground. They're saying, get on the ground. And okay. the other, he's not listening. You start running. You see him. Mm. In all honesty, I saw him before I did. I just heard some yelling, and that's normal for like an arrest attempt because you're introducing yourself. It's police, open the door. But Ace knew what was going on before I did. <laughs> and. Um, because he was wanted for serious things, uh, generally we say a full police canine challenge, but in this instance I only said a couple of words um, because if if I said the full thing before releasing Ace, he would have been gone. We're going to play what you said. Let's go. <laughs> police canine, get on the ground! Don't release the dog! What does the bad guy do at this point? He continues to run. <laughs> and what's Ace doing? He's just barking, just looking for the person that I'm yelling at. We are in a yard that's adjacent to the yard the um, offender was running down. So you mean you were in the next-door neighbour's yard? Or? Yeah, correct. So I'm in the yard directly behind the offender's address. He's done the side fence and then gone over the back fence of the house that I was next door to. So I'm chasing him up the fence line whilst he's on the other side. And Ace doesn't know who I'm yelling at. He's just looking. He's looking like, what is going on? And then we come out to an open out on the street. And is at this moment that your relationship with Ace, the trust, I suppose, that you have with each other is really important because everything hinges on your next command to Ace? Yeah, correct, yeah. What do you say? I say, uh, hold him. That's our command to apprehend. Hold him, bud! Hold him! Hold him! Hold him! Hold him! Hold him do you want to explain what happens next or do you want me to play them the audio? Play the audio. <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> Stand on the ground, you're under arrest. Got him, he got him. How did that feel? It was stressful. (laughs) That was really good because I spent like, that was my first ever apprehension with Ace and from wanting to join Canine to that exact moment was years of work. All in that one moment that last 30 seconds. So it was, um, it was good. You look so cool when you're saying, that. oh, yeah, it was good, it was yeah. good. It must have been so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it for what it was because we've taken someone that's bad off the streets. And what do you say to Ace next? I'll just say, good boy. Well done, buddy, good boy. Good boy. Down, down. Good boy, buddy. 
Stand the ground. Oi, mate, copper, just watch when you turn back. In that moment, though, so he's got him, and I can see in the pictures from this body cam that you've got the guy on the ground and Ace is there. By this point, another officer's come up as well. And you're almost needing to still hold Ace because yeah. the job's not over, right? Nah, yeah. he. Um, they're not taught to switch off when someone's arrested just like that uh, because at any moment that person could fire or get up and run. So in, in that environment, he was still switched on. He thinks the game's still in play. But uh, realistically, he's being secured. Once he's in handcuffs, I always remove Ace away from the situation because he's secure. So you don't need that level of force once someone's handcuffed. You sound pretty chuffed. <laughs> Good boy. Good boy. Stay on the ground. Do not resist, OK? You're under arrest. Good boy, buddy. Good boy. You got him. Is that you saying don't resist? Yeah. You're under arrest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was he struggling? Nah, he wasn't. I'll just say that part of having the dog there, just so they're aware, just don't resist. How many times did I say good boy? <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> but you must have been so excited. Yeah, I was. I was, I was over the moon. Like, yeah, that's our first ever apprehension, and he performed really well. You performed really well as well. I mean, as a partnership, that, yeah. uh, that's the important thing about the two of you, right, is mm. that it's that partnership. Yeah. You do all this training, and the dogs... Sometimes they don't bite. Sometimes they're not, they don't get proven, you know what I mean? Like they can bite a person that's wearing a uh, bite suit. They know it's training. But when it comes into a live environment, sometimes the dog doesn't bite. So that bite there was his first ever one. And did it need more work? 100% it did. But he caught the offender and as a result, we've taken a bad person off the street. Ace did well. He was a good boy. I want you to hear this. Good boy, bud. Good boy. Good boy. Let's watch the dog. Good boy, buddy. Good boy. You got him. Yeah, buddy. No, hold down. Down. Awesome work, everyone. Thank you. Good boy, buddy. Is he secure? Yes. Uh, good boy. That is my favourite good boy. <laughs> you are like, woo, yeah. you are so pumped. Yeah, I was. I was over the moon, to be honest with you. Thinking back on, on that day, just, yeah, it gives me good memories. Very good memories. He goes to jail for all of those offences, yeah. thanks to you and Ace. Not a bad day at the office. Yeah. How do you reward Ace after that? Because I imagine with any police partnership, right, you get an arrest and you're both, you know, I don't know, do you go out for a beer or something? Yeah, I don't know. No, no, but what do you and Ace do? It's quite hard. I'll probably just spend some time with him, like, because Ace just loves affection. He loves affection. so, And um, he's always looking for me, always just wanting to spend time with me. So I just purely just spend more time with him. I spend heaps of time with him, but because it's, you know, we kind of follow a training plan and he's dietary requirements. It'd be easy to go buy a mistake or give some chicken nuggets, but <laughs> unfortunately I can't give it to him. <laughs> in this case, you had help from the chopper and and the other police that were there. Yep. And Ace didn't really have to use that sense of smell that you spoke about yeah. before, did he? He just had to run pretty Correct. bloody fast, yeah, yeah. which he did well. Just, just identified the, the offender. And, yeah, it's not always him. like that though, is it? No, it's not. What else are you and Ace capable of? Generally, we don't know who the offender is. So an example would be a unknown person has broken into a person's house, they've stolen property and they've fled on foot. So I would turn up to a scene and go, what happened? Where did he go? Is it a burglary? They'll go, yes, burglary, last scene heading that way. Age of the suspect is very important for us because uh, if they're juvenile, we generally don't deploy for that. 
But um, if they're adult or the description kind of matches an adult, uh, we'll deploy. And I don't know if I've just watched too many movies, but does Ace need to smell something that belongs to the person you're chasing to be able to follow that? Not scent? necessarily, no. We turn up to a house, they've gone over the back fence. I will go to the back fence. I'll put Ace in the down. I'll hook his long line. It's a long tracking line. What You mean a leash? It's like a leash. It's a long tracking um, leash, which allows Ace to work in a larger space compared to my shorter leash. Because you can't let him off the leash. Correct, okay. correct. So he has a greater work area to work in to locate the odour from the ground. Yeah. It takes a special kind of person to work with a police dog because... You're with him 24-7, aren't you? He lives with you. Yeah, he does, yeah. I can't imagine living with my work partner. I mean, we all have friends at work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine living with them. Yeah. What's that like? It's great. Some of the dogs can be difficult. They're, some of them are very needy because they're highly driven dogs. So they need consistent mental and physical stimulation. I'm not too bad with Ace because he's so laid back. It's pretty much I get home and his behaviour and temperament are like, a pet dog. But you're dealing with that even on your day off. Yeah, correct. So, like, for myself, I'd probably spend an hour and a half to two hours a day in my own time taking him out to the toilet, taking him for a walk, giving him mental stimulation. He'll jump in my car and go down to um, a park. I'll throw the ball for him. Just spending time with him in the backyard. So when you decide to become part of the canine unit then, it's really a family decision because you're, it, it's a family pet almost yeah, that, correct. that's coming home. So yeah. your family needs to be pretty supportive yeah, of this. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so like they all need to be on board because at the end of the day you've got this dog that needs to be um, supervised, needs to be walked, and only you can do that. You can't allow anybody else from your family oh, to you do it. you can't get your kids to take nah, them for a no walk. way. No, nah, no way. You've got to do it yourself. You've signed up for this position. And you've got to take the goods with the goods and the bads with the bads. And unfortunately, on a Sunday morning at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, even earlier, you've got to get up and take him for a walk. What kind of a person then do you need to be mm. to do your job? Funny thing is with, with canine, like, you don't need to have any prior dog knowledge at all. They teach you all that. So to answer your question, it's purely you need to be a good police officer. So someone of experience... You know, generally they look at people who have had five years or more policing experience and generally in hard areas where you've had to make critical decisions and this makes a good canine handler, the ability to make critical decisions whilst under pressure because it's not like your other use of force options where you do something, you pull the trigger or you, you press something and then you get instant, that's it. With the dog, there's so many other variables, you know what I mean? The environment you're in, is the pavement too hot? What's the weather doing? What's the wind doing? What's the suspect look like? There's so many other variables that um, you've got to look at and make a decision on prior to even deploying. So the ability to make critical decisions under pressure, the ability to work independently, the ability to work in a team environment and unsupervised, yeah. And the bonus, I suppose, is that you get to work with your best mate. Yeah, correct, yeah, so... The dog doesn't talk back, you know what I mean? So it's actually all right sometimes when you just work with your dog. It's just you and him out on the road. Sometimes you can get a bit, you know, quiet and lonely on a night shift when there's not much going on. You just had a park and you're just sitting there playing with him. But you always revert back to the fact that we're so very lucky to do this job because, in all honesty, for the rest of my policing career, this is probably going to be the best job that I ever do. So you get to meet a lot of great people in terms of other police officers. You get to help members of the public uh, on a, a daily basis and... 
it's a bit like the fireys, right? So we rock up and people want to talk to you. <laughs> Everybody loves canine. <laughs> and that's true. You said everyone wants to be part of the canine unit and it is one of those things, isn't it? Yeah. That, that all the new recruits and everyone always says, oh, I want to be... No, it is. It is a sought-after position, particularly through people that have just graduated um, from the academy. Whenever I interview people that have got really cool jobs like you do, they always say that it's great because no two days are the same and, you know, one day I'm doing this and one day I'm doing that and it all sounds really exciting. But sometimes do you wish you just had an office job? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I love my job. I really love my job. The adrenaline rush that you get, the ability to get to scene and... Yeah, lights and sirens, you get there, you're talking to people, what's happened, where we're going, what do they look like, you deploy a dog, you're managing your dog, you listen to the radio, people trying to talk to you. It's organised but chaotic. (laughs) You guys are the cool kids of the force. Uh (laughs) You are. You say it, people want want to get into the canine unit, you go out there and everyone wants to talk to the guys with the dogs. They do, yeah, they do. It is a very, very good job and we are very lucky. We are very lucky. Your extraordinary relationship with Ace helped put a dangerous man behind bars. Thank you for walking us through what happened. Um, I know Ace is in the car waiting for you. Why didn't you bring Ace into the interview while we're recording this podcast? Yeah, just because it's a lot easier um, just to focus on this rather than having him to manage him because he's got his own mind. It's not like the other use of force options where you pull the trigger or you press a button and it works. You're managing something that's got its completely own mind and own body and he might want to go over there and sniff there he might want to go to the toilet there he might want to drink there when you have him out and when you're doing things with him you need to be focused on him not all these other things before I let you go can we just replay my favourite moment from that audio of your body cam is he secure? good boy (laughs) love your job much Jaden. that's really good I really enjoy it it's a really good job. You sound like you love it. <laughs> if you think Jaden's job sounds super cool, contact the WA Police and see if they'll have you on board. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Jaden. You've been listening to Persons of Interest, the WA Police podcast. My name is Sandra DiGirolamo. See you soon. Yeah, fire and security. Thanks for listening to the WA Police podcast. You can keep listening to the action or you can be part of it. Visit letsjoinforces.wa.gov.au to find out more. The Persons of Interest podcasts have given a rare insight into real cases with real cops. If you've enjoyed listening, you can stay tuned for more WA Police Force podcasts. The second Cold Case Western Australia series is coming soon and will examine some enduring unsolved murders. This could be your chance to help solve these terrible crimes, so please listen and call Crime Stoppers if you have any information.